generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Now, real quick, grab your writing material, digital devices, and let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter 26. It's been one of our primary texts, it's been our primary text really all through uh, the series. So, Genesis 26, I'm going to read from verse 1 through verse uh, 4, verse 5, actually, Genesis 26. First, verse 1 to verse 5, and then we'll skip and go all the way to verse 12 and read uh, till we get to verse 22. <laughs> Quite a long read. Let's do that real quick. Verse 1 says, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. And to you and your descendants I will give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to, your fa- to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, check that out, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Now please go all the way to verse 12 with me, verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped when? In that same year. Let me just draw your attention to the fact that This land we're talking about was a land that was dry, was a land that had famine, was a land that people were running away from. But Isaac had a word. And forget, a couple of weeks ago I taught you that the primary seed is the word of God. So Isaac had the seed of the word of God. And based on the seed of the word of God, he planted himself as an act of obedience in that land. Watch this. When you understand the virility of the word of God... You will not hesitate to plant yourself in line with the word of God. So this was that land. People run away from it. He had a word from God. He stayed in that land. And guess what happened? The Bible says in that same land, he sowed in that land. Somebody say, I'm sowing in this land. Oh, I didn't hear you as loud as I know you could speak. Beat your chest right now and say, I'm sowing in my land. I'm sowing in the land that God has called me to. I'm sowing in the place where God has ordained for me. I'm sowing in the environment that the Lord has put my name on. I'm sowing in that same land. And he reaped in that year a hundredfold. This same 2020, I prophesy by the anointing of God, you will reap the same year that has swallowed many people up, will vomit your increase, will vomit your advancement, will vomit that which the Lord embedded in its belly from before the foundations of the earth. Whatever cycle of darkness, discouragement, dejection, depletion might have been operative in your life will break that cycle today. And we unlock for you the fountains of divine increase, the fountains of divine favor, the fountains of supernatural supply. I proclaim that now 
in the name of Jesus, let your amen resound through your screen, through your bedroom, through the bedroom, the living room, whatever room you're in right now. Let your amen sound loud and clear. Type it in the chat box. Put a fire emoji in the chat box. Put a dance emoji in the chat box and put hundredfold, hundredfold, baby, hundredfold in the name of Jesus Christ. The impossible is made possible. Rain is pouring upon your earth. In Jesus' name we've prayed. The word says it ripped a hundredfold, but it didn't stop there. Verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Verse 15, now the Philistines, watch this, had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them, watch this, with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells. Mark that verse 18. Dog again. Somebody type in the chat box, dig again. Uh-huh. Dig again. Those wells were dug before. What were the wells before? The wells of his father Abraham. Verse 15. Verse 18. Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servant's dog in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek because they quarreled with him. Then the dog another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna and he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said, for now, the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. For a topic today, if you want a topic, I wanted to type this and put dig it. Just put in the chat box, dig it. Dig it. What does it mean to dig, to unearth, to uncover, to open up, to break up the chambers of the earth? That's what it means to dig. It means that you're going to take a a dig axe or a a digger or a pickaxe, a hole, some kind of instrument, and you're going to unearth. Somebody say dig, 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 dig. We've been talking about prosperity, talking about sowing, talking about increase, but today we're talking about dig. Somebody say, I will dig again. Shout louder, I will dig again. I am digging again. The dictionary says digging means to break up and move earth with a tool or machine or with hands, paws, or snout. To dig means uh, to push, to poke. Another one says to extract from the ground by breaking up and moving earth. It means to excavate, to unearth, 
to excavate, to engage in research, to discover something. So when I say dig, what it means is that you're coming into a season of discovery. You're coming into a season of revelation. You're coming into a season where you unearth certain things. Can I prophesy before I begin to teach and preach today that the things you've been carrying in your belly that you never knew were there, the possibilities, the graces, the anointings, the revelations, the insights, the inventions, the uh, graces, the oils of God that you've been carrying that you never thought were a thing, that you thought had dried up and finished. I proclaim by the mercy of God that the Spirit of God that you begin to unearth in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I will dig again. Fathers, we look into your word today. Instruct us, inspire us, motivate us, enrich us, direct us. There are many today who are watching, who are listening, who know that there is so much more to them than that which they have seen, that which they have heard, that which they've been exposed to. So Father, through the ministration of your Holy Spirit, breathe upon every mind, open up every heart. And I pray particularly for those whose wells have been dried up over the years, who have been in a place of isolation, desolation, decimation, disintegration, that you integrate them and bring them together Lord by your mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord I pray now for that person who is skeptical unsure, uncertain, that person who is not sure that you love him, that you love her. I pray my God and my King that today even right now overwhelm him with your surge of love, with waves of comfort, with rivers of assurance, with streams of divine supply, with emblems of divine empowerment more than the emblems, with the essence of your grace, the weight of your word the substance of your spirit to the end that we are all refreshed and all revived in Jesus name we have prayed can your amen be louder can your amen be stronger can your amen be more convincing in the name of Jesus so we've spoken so much about sowing we've spoken about the power of the seed we've spoken about God's prosperity system we've spoken about all of that but don't forget that when we speak about that we have elevated ourselves by spiritual understanding from the level of dependency and begging you have left that level of waiting on somebody to do you good waiting on somebody to help you out from their own breakthrough God has given you the revelation to realize that poverty is a function of the broken systems of men. Poverty was not written concerning you in God's book. Ah, the Bible makes it very clear. The thoughts that I think towards you, they are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. Poverty is not a good thing. So that's not part of God's plans for you. He says, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy at his right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. So poverty is not pleasurable and that's not part of God's plans for you. So don't forget, whilst it's all whilst it's possible for certain believers to be poor, it is not God's ultimate desires for the believer. The word says they shall be abundantly satisfied with the goodness of your house. You will make them, believers the righteous, drink of the rivers of your pleasure, of God's pleasure. God wants us to be fully immersed in the reality. Can I stand? God wants us to be fully immersed in the reality that if he has provided, then we have no need to be dependent on other people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me not prick too quickly. I'm just trying to see how the framing works. So God doesn't want us to beg. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to end 
engage our time, our talents, our treasures meaningfully in the marketplace. He wants us to understand the system he has put in place that if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. Sow to the spirit, you reap life and peace. If you sow in the marketplace, you all reap returns from the marketplace. If you sow into the prophetic, you all receive a prophetic reward. The Bible makes it very clear. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of the righteous man receives the righteous man's reward. Anyone who gives you a cup of water will not miss his reward. We've seen all of that. But today we want to go farther. We want to move away from sowing or on top of sowing. We want to get to the realm of digging. And why is that important? I'll tell you a couple of distinctions between sowing and digging. Why is it important to dig? You see, when you sow, you place, you place seed on a certain level of the earth and harvest come out. But when you dig, it is deeper than sowing. It is deeper than sowing. Digging is deeper than sowing. When you sow, you're going to have crops. When you dig, you're going to have systems. Uh-huh. So when you sow, you reap a harvest, right? So watch this now. Harvests are for sowers. Treasures are for diggers. Harvests are for sowers. Say that with me. Harvests are for sowers. Treasures are for diggers. A farmer can till the earth and never discover gold. Till the earth, never discover oil. Till the earth and never discover aluminum, bauxite, tumaline, or any other precious stone in the earth. But when you have a real digger, somebody who's going to excavate like a geologist, he's going to unearth certain things. He knows how to read and interpret the seismic waves projected over a portion of land and is able to get feedback to know if that land actually has some treasures in it. So there are people who are operating in harvest. So you're operating one cycle of harvest after another cycle of harvest, but you are not receiving treasures or discovering treasures because you are not yet digging. Somebody shout I will dig. Number two, understand that sowing will guarantee personal supply. Sowing will guarantee personal supply. Cast your bread upon the waters for you shall find after many days is to give a portion to seven, yea to eight, for you do not know what affliction, what trouble will come upon the earth he has given to the poor. He will not miss out on his harvest. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So we understand that. That sowing will give you personal supply. But don't forget this. Uh, digging will go beyond personal supply to give you generational sustenance. So sowing, watch this, will bring a harvest. Digging will bring you treasures. Sowing is going to ensure you have personal supply. But digging is going to bring generational sustenance. Why? Because when you dig, you're either going to end up with a well, with a trench, with a foundation, or with a precious stone. Come on, somebody. You're going to come up with a well, with a trench, with a foundation, or a precious stone. And all those four have generational implications in their own right. Every time it is that you dig correctly, you dig in the right place, you dig in the right environment, with the right kind of energy, you're going to have at least one of those four. You're either going to have watches a well that produces water or oil. So oil wells don't happen until somebody drills in the earth and somebody digs with the right tools and the right tenacity. You're going to end up with a well. And wells are generational. We're finding our text. Let me jump ahead a little bit. We're finding our 
context, the when it is that Isaac began to dig wells, he started off by digging his father's well. I'll come to that. Number two, you will have a trench. And the trench is a basis for supply or passage or acceleration. And the trench can also be converted to number three, a foundation. And number four, when you dig, what you find is a treasure. You're going to find precious stones. And all those four things make for generational sustenance. I prophesy over somebody. Your life is not just going to be about you doing well for yourself. You making moves by yourself. You getting ahead for yourself. Your life is going to be the reason that somebody is sent to school. Somebody understands the gospel. Somebody has a marriage that heaven will flow through. Somebody will rejoice because of God's work in your life. If it's you I'm talking to, type in the comment box, say it's me, pastor is speaking to. Type in the comment box right now, say it's me, it's me, it's me. I am the person who's going to reap one of those four. Which of those four do you want? Which of those four? Tell me real quick. Which of those four? Come on, which of those four do you want? Who is the person who wants a well? It could be a well of water. It could be a well of oil. It could be an oil well. It could be a well of songs. It could be a well of graces. A well of a new anointing. When you dig, a well is going to rise out of you. When you dig something on the inside of you that you never thought was there, it's going to be activated by the Spirit of God. We love that song. Channels of my spirit open up when you dig. The channels of the, of the inside of you will begin to spring forth unto life eternal. High five somebody and say dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Find the high five emoji and tag Joba beside that high five. Tag Vivian beside that high five. Tag LT. Tag Hannah, 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 Hannah beside that high five. Tag Demola and VDO and IKO. Uh, tag them and say I'm digging. I'm digging. I'm digging. I've sowed and I'm grateful. I'm still sowing and I'm grateful. But I know that God wants to bring a well out of me. God wants to bring rivers and streams. God wants to bring channels of inspiration. God wants to unlock fountains of the supernatural. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost right now and pray Jatus Pelengatela, Uzario Tospecoti Atabasi, Shuve Zagalambo Sia Dabaco, Liprotus Beletuzali and Dabaskeladeatas, Shotika Zila Capori and Dabasco, Shitatalaya. If you can place your hand on your belly or your head where you are and begin to pray in an unknown tongue, Lishoke Tako Zulabatia Tuveske, Duratia Zundabaka. Ashikata le posayaka lito bruzokoli in the baka. We are not just going to soul. We are unlocking fountains. We are unlocking fountains of the deep. Shita ta 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 rosokopote zubrati zole prando pakwalita endo zubale ketaka le surate shublate zali on the boko. Yes, yes, yes. It's not just about personal supply. It's also about generational sustenance. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Sowing will guarantee personal supply. But digging will bring about generational sustenance. You know why? When you sow, you're going to reap a crop over cycles. But when you dig, you are not just going to reap. What you're going to have is water. 
and water will be used of the channeled and funneled into other people's farmlands. So not every farmer has a well, but every farmer needs a well. So the person who digs will produce resources that even sowers will depend on. Oh my goodness. And what has happened many times is that the church has stopped the teaching at the point of sowing. So great teachings on sowing and reaping and that's great. And we need to teach more because selfishness is a human instinct. And most people just don't want to give because the flesh wants to hold back. But God doesn't just want to be a sower who gives. He also wants you to be a digger who digs. What does it mean to dig? It means that you're going beyond just being transactional. With the land that God has brought you into. That you are becoming a possessor by engagement. That's what it means. You are engaging the depths of that thing. I'm still going to go for the so you go see. Number three distinction between sowing and digging. Sowing is going to bring you visible increase. Visible increase. Visible increase. Digging is going to give you underground storage underground storage <laughs> and you know it's possible for you to increase in something but then you don't have supply for the next season so you've increased in the now but no supply for the future this is the reason you see in our text the bible tells us that the philistines when they saw what isaac was doing rather what abraham had done when abraham died watch what they did when abraham died if you go to genesis 26 where we were earlier when abraham died they did something that is instructive. Many believers need to learn from that. The word says that they had stopped the wells that Abraham dug. Verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which Isaac's father, which uh, his father's servant, Abraham's uh, servants had dug in the days of Abraham's father. And they filled them with earth. Now watch this. Wells don't die. Diggers may die, but wells don't die. So when Abraham died, the Philistines were like, thank God Abraham is dead, but we need to deal with his wells. My God. Your wells represent your legacy. They represent your supply for the next season. They represent what your children and what generations coming behind you will receive. The enemy is so scared of the blessing of God upon your life. He's going to do everything to close up your wells. Are you following this now? And what are those wells? The wells are in different levels. The first level of the well is the wells of the revelation of God's spirit on the inside of you. John chapter 7 says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Where will it flow from? Out of your belly. It will flow out of your life. So in that level and in that dimension, the well speaks of the rivers of God on the inside of you. Somebody say, I carry a river. Somebody shout, I carry wells. Uh -huh. Somebody put well, well, well. I am well because I carry a well. I am well because I carry a well. My finances are well because I carry a well. My, my home is well because I carry a well. My business is well. It is well with me. How can it not be well with me when I carry a well on the inside of me? But the enemy wants to close up that well with what? What do the Philistines close up the well with? They closed up the well with 
with earth, with dust, in other words, with the issues of life, with the circumstances around him, with what's going on in the news, with what the media is saying, the enemy wants to close up the well of your anointing, with the bad news on that TV, and this TV, and DSTV, and the DSTV without the D, the STV and this TV and the enemy wants to close up the wells on the inside of you with discouragement from yesterday offense from now, anxiety about tomorrow, complications to the right, despair to the left, abuse from your history, but I come with a digger, with a divine digger to scatter every kind of covering that the enemy has put over the wells of the revelation of God's spirit on the inside of you and I proclaim that your wells are Bringing forth. Jesus said, if anybody believes in me, he will not die of thirst, but I will be within him. A springing well of water, a well on the inside. Let the wells within your spirit begin to rise. Let the wells begin within your spirit begin to find expression. Let the wells of your anointing find expression in your health. Find expression in your body. Find expression in your thinking. If you don't believe it, say nothing. Do nothing. Shout nothing, type nothing, chat nothing. Ah, but if you believe it, jump up from the bed, from the couch, from the sofa, from the mat, from the duvet, from the Ashawabura, from the Ankara, the George, whatever it is you're wearing, and shout, there is a well on the inside of me. It is well with me because I carry a well. It is well with my children because I carry a well. This well is not going to be blocked up and wherever it was blocked up, I am removing the earth. In the name of Jesus. The enemy knows the power of wells. So he tries to close up the wells. Wells talk about generational increase. That's why we see that after Abraham died, watch this, we are not told that all they were trying to do was to stop his crops from growing. That's not what we're told. What we're told is that the Philistines covered the well. You know why? If I stop you from sowing your seed, right? You can't have a harvest. That's great. But if you sow a seed in the ground and there is no water to water it, the seeds won't sprout. And what has happened to many believers is that you've sowed seeds at different times. And yes, you ripped a harvest, but you discover that things are still maybe sort of tough. Why? Because God wants to move you from just sowing to digging. Somebody say, I will dig. What does digging mean? You're going to create systems of supply. If the seed was everything you need, watch this. Jesus will not have guaranteed a river. Who is the seed? Jesus the Christ. The word of God is the incorruptible seed on the spiritual plane, right? Who is the river? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So you have the seed. That's great. But there's also a river. And God wants us to remove the earth. What's the earth? Canality. What's the earth? Flesh. What's the earth? Natural constraints. Natural environments. That's the first dimension of the well. Somebody say, I will dig. Somebody say, I will dig. How do you dig in the spirit? Remove canality from your life remove arrogance from your life 
Remove flesh from your life. What is the earth? The dust. What is the dust? What the devil can feed on. What the devil can feast on. Don't forget that when God made the pronouncement in the garden, when man fell, he said that the serpent is going to eat the dust of the earth. So the serpent feasts on dust. He thrives on canality. And when there is so much earth and dirt in your life, he feeds on that. And he can grow in his operations, in his manipulation, in his deception, in his expression in your life. Somebody say, I'm taking out the canality. I'm taking out the pawn. I'm taking out the fields. I'm taking out the arrogance. I'm taking out the nastiness. I'm taking out the cheating. I'm taking out the stinginess. I'm taking out the undue sarcasm. I'm taking out the canality. I'm taking out the competition, the pride, the jealousy, the weakness, the infirmity, the abuse. I'm taking that out. Dig it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig? Somebody shout, dig it out. That's what God wants to do on the spiritual plane. The second dimension of the spiritual plane is that you also want to search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Jesus was speaking not, not as a compliment to certain Pharisees. He says, you search the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them. But they, are, they will testify of me, right? Now, he was speaking to the Pharisees and saying that they thought that the scriptures were the final thing, the main thing. But the scriptures were just bearing test testimony to the word of God. Now, God wants us to search the scriptures. How do I know that God wants us to search the scriptures? Let me show you something real quick in the book of Colossians. Colossians, you're going to see this. Chapter 3 and verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not things on earth. Why? For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Verse 4. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also appear with him. So check this out. Verse 3 says that you died and your life is where? Hidden. Hey. When something is hidden, it's not very apparent. Can I tell you something? Part of your own life is hidden from you. God help us see. That's why sometimes the enemy wants to discourage you with depression and suicide. Do you know what depression and suicide mean? That you can't see a brighter light from where you stand. That's the enemy's strategy. But really when God hides you from you, it's not so that you can be suicidal. The reason God hides you from you is so that you can discover yourself through him. He wants to be the guide, the Torah guide that leads you into the next dimension of the adventure called your life. Your life is a divinely scripted adventure. Yay! Your life is a divinely scripted adventure. Add to your venture. Add, A-D-D, V-E-N-T-U-R-E, adventure. He wants to add to the venture of your life. And that's why God sometimes hides you from you. So what do you do? How do you discover yourself? You've got to dig out. You've got to dig. You've got to dig in the word. Let me show you something else from Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2 and verse 3. Here's what it says. In whom, let me take you from verse 2. Colossians 2 from verse 2, it says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God 
both of the Father and of Christ. And look at what verse 3 says. Verse 3 says, in whom are hidden, what? All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In who? In God, in Christ. Christ is hidden in God. All the treasures of knowledge and wisdom are hidden in Christ. So how do you discover that? You've got to dig. That's why the Bible says, seek my face. And when a generation that is so consumed about seeking other things, consumed about seeking money, consumed with seeking resources, seeking approval, seeking validation, seeking opportunity, seeking jobs, seeking husbands. But God says, I want to dig into me, if I can use that expression. Psalms 27 and verse 8. Psalm 27 verse 8, don't forget that David had said, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear, of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 8, it says, my heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. And KJV says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. He said, there's a difference between you receiving a teaching like this you're receiving a teaching like this you're getting blessed your water has been poured but this water that has been poured is not necessarily directly from the well of your own spirit it's being poured from the well of my spirit as the shepherd of others house as the prophet of others house as the teacher of others house and spiritual father of others house and from the corporate well of our gathering as kings but when you begin to dig personally, in personal devotion, in personal prayer, in personal sacrifice, the wells of your own spirits will begin to open up. There will be fountains unlocked for you. There will be rivers of revelation being poured forth because you're digging. Somebody shout, dig, dig, dig. So the first dimension of digging is spiritual. Where we go into the word of God, where we labor in prayer, where we labor in meditation, where we labor in focus, where we labor in devotion, and we remove the earth. It's an unearthing. We remove the flesh, carnality, selfishness, predictable patterns of lust of the eye, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. We're digging those things out so that the channels of our spirit can be clean and clear and water can come out. And by the way, one of the things about digging, don't forget, is that when you first start digging a well, oil well, water well, any kind of well, you know what you're going to do first? The first thing that will come out is dirt. So many times when the Lord is addressing dirty words in your life, dirty pictures in your life, dirty attitudes, yes, 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 pride is a dirty attitude, nastiness is a dirty attitude, right? When the Lord is addressing that, he's exposing the layers of dirt. Why? Because those layers of dirt are covering up the clean and clear water of revelation, of wisdom, of power, of the anointing. Somebody shout, I will dig. I didn't say say it. I said shout our dig. If you can find a pickaxe emoji. If you can find a digger emoji. Put in the comment box and say I will dig. The word made it clear. That the Philistine was the person that covered up the well. 
When we begin to dig like this, we begin to discover things on the inside of us. Paul said to Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God within you that was placed within you by the laying out of the hands of the presbytery. By the impartation, certain things you received that went down, the, the got lumped up in the earth. And then the enemy came and started covering it up. Saying, you know what? You don't have that gift of healing any longer. That was then. It's because you were excited. It's because you were a young believer then. And you, you knew the Holy Spirit would be there every time. He is still here with you. He's still here. Somebody shout, I will dig. The second level of digging <laughs> is the level of digging in the realm of the soul. The realm of the soul. What I mean by the realm of the soul, there are certain things that were wired and coded into your, your being, your persona, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. And there are those of us who have sought, but we are not digging the treasures of God within us. The treasures of God within us. What is it that God has placed in your spirit? What are the gifts? What are the talents? What are the abilities? What is the unique perspective? What is that area that when you begin to speak, share, teach, people will say your own is too much. That your own is too much is the secret to your uniqueness. That's the secret to your greatness. That's the secret to the purposes of God concerning your life. That thing that is getting negative attention, if you can find it, if you can refine it, if you can find, oh, align it with mentorship, align it with supervision, align it with guidance, align it with the right orientation, treasures are going to come out of you. Somebody raise your hand up to heaven wherever you are and say, I'm digging into the wells of divine possibilities. I'm digging into the wells of supernatural release. I'm digging out the treasures all the things that the Lord placed in my belly the embellishments that I put on the inside of me I am digging I am working my gift I am working my abilities I am working my anointings I am excavating some of you, you have stopped singing but God give you a voice you have stopped preaching you are waiting for a pulpit don't you know that there is somebody who is not saved on your street there is a street corner, the marketplace where you can still stand and preach the gospel why are you waiting for a modern day microphone when you can walk down the road and by the power of God begin to walk in the supernatural and manifest the healing gifts and graces that Jehovah placed on the inside of you? Somebody throw up your right hand and shout, I am digging! I am digging! I'm digging. I'm not standing still. I'm not seated still. I know that I'm still in the presence of God, but I am wired with certain things, and I'm not going to allow the enemy. I'm not going to allow the enemy take what belongs to God on the inside of me. I am digging out this treasures. Digging it out. So God wants you to dig into your own resources, the things that he placed on the inside of you. When you go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, if you go there real quick, Ezekiel chapter 28, we're going to see something interesting there, that everything, every being that God made was hardwired with something different, something distinct. Ezekiel 28, if you go all the way to verse 14, or from verse 13, it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, burial onyx, and jasper. Sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. 
the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And then talks about the rest of that. But he's speaking about Lucifer. The Lucifer, verse 11 of 12 actually says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now why am I talking about Lucifer? Because you're going to be like, am I supposed to learn from the devil? No, you're supposed to learn from the wisdom of God, even in his design of Lucifer. What do I mean? So here the Bible describes Lucifer and says, this guy was covered with sardius and topaz and precious stones. He was the seal of perfection, was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, until iniquity was found in him. Now, when iniquity was found in him, did he all of a sudden lose all the wisdom? Did he all of a sudden lose all the strategy? Did he all of a sudden lose that? No. What happened was he started using the wisdom against the purposes of God. So the wiring of God in Lucifer was not stripped from him. The connection to the spirit of God was severed. But till today, there is such a thing as dark wisdom. What makes the wisdom dark does not necessarily mean that the wisdom does not have logic to it. What makes it dark is that the person using it has a dark intention. I hope you're seeing this now. So the enemy understands that the gifts and cons of God are without repentance. The enemy still uses dark wisdom today. The enemy still uses dark abilities in music today. That's why there's still seduction today. That's why you still listen to some songs or you watch some movies or you go to some environment and you feel seduced. There is something unduly appealing about those things. That is the darkness of Lucifer. What's the point I'm trying to make? That even Lucifer who's not in who's not in a relationship with God in right standing with God and would never be by virtue of his own choice and God's seal of condemnation right he's still working in that perverted wisdom how much more you the believer how much more you the believer there are gifts on the inside of you there's a unique approach to how you see things and God says I want to use that too I want to use that too Paul was a lawyer and God used, don't forget this, that when he was a Pharisee, his legal skills were being used against God. He was persecuting and persecuting the church of God. When he got saved, he still used those same gifts of persuasion, those gifts of argument. When you read the letters of Paul, the epistles of Paul, he's intelligent, he's persuasive, he's poignant, he's effective. He's using the gifts of God. Now, these are not the spiritual gifts. The gift of communication there was not the spiritual gift. The writing gift was not the spiritual gift. But Paul was using those gifts. Now, this was not from any kind of selfish ambition or trying to get ahead or trying to outdo the other apostles or all of that. No, but the gift of writing, he used it. The gift of speaking, he used it. Logical thinking, he used it. God does not want to jettison your natural gifts just because you have spiritual gifts. And many believers are so excited and obsessed with spiritual gifts. And the Bible says, desire them, covet them, expect them. But never once do we see the Bible saying, covet the spiritual gifts and abandon the natural ones. The Bible never says that. So in as much as we walk in the spiritual gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of healing, gift of prophecy. How about your natural gifts? 
Your natural gifts of writing, counseling, listening, designing, producing music, building, architecture, engineering. God wants you to dig out those things and align them so they can become conduits and pipelines through which the power of God and the well of your spirit will begin to flow. I hope you see this now. That you can have crude oil in your spirit. I'm just using an example. Crude oil. But crude oil requires pipelines, right? Remember the days of pipeline vandalization in South South Nigeria? Why? Because if you have all the oils and all the wells and all of that, but there is no pipeline to express it. So in a way, some of your natural gifts are like pipelines that allow the spiritual gifts you have to find expression, to find access into the world around you. I pray for you right now. Whichever one of your gifts went into dormancy, went into isolation and desolation because of the lockdown, we unlock them by the finger of God. Everyone that you need to use. Don't forget, David and Goliath, David had the anointing of God upon his life. He had the calling of God upon his life. He had the mantles of grace upon his life. But he had a gift. He had the gift of music that he needed to use in the palace. He had the gift of warfare using the stone and the sling. Ah, Yakosha. So even though he could prophesy and say, you come against me with a sword and a spear, I come against the name of the Lord. It was not just the name of the Lord. He released a stone so that the name of the Lord had a physical medium to express its power through. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We thank God for the living word, but even the living word got to us through the written word somebody wrote. So don't jettison your natural gifts because of the spiritual gifts. Align your natural gifts with your spiritual gifts so you can make an impact that your natural gift alone could never make. Somebody say, I hear, I hear. Somebody high five yourself and say, I'm going to dig. I'm going to remove the dust of discouragement. I'm going to remove the earth of embarrassment. You tried to use that gift once, but it didn't work. Maybe it worked and people laughed at you. Maybe they didn't laugh at you, but there was no productivity. Maybe there was productivity, but there was no reward. Maybe there was reward, but no longevity. Maybe there was longevity, but there were no referrals. Maybe there were referrals, but there was no compound interest. Don't be discouraged by that. Rise up again and begin to write those articles again. Begin to minister again. Begin to sing again. Begin to paint, draw, write, cook, sell again. Begin to DJ, remix, unmix. Do that again. High five yourself and say, I'm going to dig it. The third dimension of digging real quick is that God wants us to dig the territories he has given to us. So the first dimension is spiritual. Dig into the word of God. Dig in prayer. Dig in revelation. Dig in fasting. Excavate divine treasures out of the word. The second thing is dig into yourself, your soul. Allow the sword of the spirit to pierce through the different dimensions of your mind and your heart and begin to expose the divine treasures. Number three, dig your environment. The field in which God has placed you. Dig that environment. What does it mean to dig? Don't be a surface person in your office, in your industry, in your sector, in Nigeria or Canada or Germany or Ghana or Australia or Hong Kong, wherever you are located. Don't be the surface person. Don't be that person like, well, I'm just floating around, hanging around. No. Look beneath the surface. Treasures are never found on the surface. The greatest returns and results are never found in the surface. The biggest treasures don't go to surface people. 
some people here you are too shallow hey yeah too shallow to discover the mysteries too shallow to uncover the opportunities too shallow to engage the real wealth of that space the Bible says that in that land where Isaac was, he didn't just stay there and say, well, God has promised me prosperity in this land. God has promised me that he will bless me. What happens to many believers is that you have a word from God and you have seeds, but you are not digging. You are sowing, but you are not digging. If you sow without digging, you might be able to survive that season because of the wetness and the moisture from the previous rain. But for, to survive in dry places, you have to be able to dig until you find water that other people cannot find. What does it mean therefore it means that i must be able to understand the three major things i need for effective digging number one i must dig the right place i'm trusting god for anyone who is wrongly located if you are located in an industry that god has not called you to or that you have outgrown i pray that the lord himself will transplant you in the name of jesus that amen sounds like it needs encouragement like it needs support like it needs reinforcement i pray right now wherever you are stuck that god then plants you into be removed and be positioned on purpose the Bible does not say he that is diligent. He said, seest thou a man who is diligent in his business. He will stand before a king. So diligence is good. Diligence will bring you bread. But if you're going to stand before kings, it's not just about diligence. It's also about diligence in the right domain. Diligence in the right craft. Diligence in the right territory. Because some people have gifts to ground mismatch. What do I mean gifts to ground mismatch? Not every seed can thrive in every kind of soil. Likewise, not every gift can make its greatest impact in every kind of ground. The first dimension to effective digging is the right place. After you've understood the three different levels, the right place, the right place. Are you in the right place? Are you in the right place? Are you in the right environment? And for many of you, you're in the right environment. The right place. What's the word there? Genesis 26 said, I will go to another land. He wanted to go to Egypt. And God said to Isaac, don't go to Egypt because the Egypt, Egypt is not the right place. Egypt may seem attractive, but it's not the place I've called you to. Where's the right place? The right place is not the place with a better economy. The right place is not the place with better security. By human assessment, the right place is where the Lord has asked you to be per time. By the way, what it also means is that the right place can change. The God, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the right place can change. The God that told Jacob, uh, Isaac in this place, do not go down to Egypt, was the same person, the same God that said to Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, take the boy to Egypt. So you'd be like, Egypt, Egypt, Egypt has to be the wrong place. Well, it is not just about the place, it's about as God called you there. Because what will save somebody will swallow someone else. Egypt was the place that God used to preserve Jesus. But it's the place that God said to Isaac, don't go. So the fact that God is releasing your friend, your brother, your in-law, possibly an outlaw to a place, and they are thriving and doing well, does not mean God has called you there. Somebody say, I'm located in the right place. I know my times. I know my seasons. I know what God has called me to. I'm in the right place. Will you find that God says, don't go down to Egypt. It's tempting, it's attractive. Don't go down to Egypt. It's a dwell in Gerard. 
Gerar is not a popular place. Gerar is not a place that everybody was rushing to. Gerar was the dry land. It says stay there. The right place is essential. Your destiny is connected to your location. My wife will put it this way. Destiny is location sensitive. Number two, you want to have the right posture. So some people are in the right place, but do you have the right posture? There is a posture for every place. There are some places where you're not supposed to be seated. You're supposed to be standing. There are some places where if you stand, you will miss it. You're supposed to be seated. What does that mean? You are not a boss in every place. Sometimes God wants you to be a servant and entirely so in that place. Of course, you should serve everywhere, even when you're a boss. Sometimes God wants you to stoop (laughs) in certain places. Sometimes God wants you to just take it easy. God wants you to understand not just the right place, but the right posture. Jesus was in the right place when it got to the river Jordan. And John, his forerunner said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. I don't have what it takes. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, no, it is right for me to be baptized by you. That's the right posture, Jesus. Even though by him were all things made, he's saying in this place, in this season, at this time, my posture must be one of humility and submission to the person who is on the scene. And there are many people who are waiting in the wings for what God has promised them. But their posture is wrong. But somebody said, Lord, help me. Let me have the right mental posture. Let me have the right heart posture. Let me have the right emotional posture. Let me have the right attitudinal posture. Let me have the right mentality, ideology, disposition. Let me have the right temperament for time, oh God. Help me not to be so full of myself, so carried away by my giftedness, so absorbed in the oil you placed upon my life to realize that I am not called to lead in every space and every place. I am called to follow in some places. I am called to serve in certain relationships. I am not called to teach everybody every time everywhere sometimes I am the student who must be silent and listen and learn you must have the right posture how do I know how do I know how do I know because you cannot dig while standing you need to stoop to dig you need to be humble to dig you need to crouch to dig and there are many people who are standing you can sow while standing you can spread seed while standing but when God wants to build systems through you it requires a different kind of posture it requires you doing more than you're celebrated for, doing more than you're applauded for, doing more than you're glorified or honored for, doing more than you're promoted for, because God wants you to understand the discipline of digging, so that you will understand the treasures of the deep. I pray for somebody who has been uh, humble, who has been servant, who has been faithful. The God who has sustained you in service is raising you up. You will end up not only with a harvest, you will end up with treasures, you will end up with resources unknown, you will end up with underground systems of supply. You will end up with generational increase and expansion. If it's not you, I'm talking to say nothing, do nothing, dance nothing, shout nothing, type nothing, chant nothing. But if it's you I'm talking to, can you stand up wherever you are, raise your hand up to heaven and say, Lord, I will dig. Say, Lord, I retain the right posture. In the name of Jesus. The right posture. The posture talks about the attitude of the heart. How do we know that Isaac was, had the right posture? First of all, he obeyed God and honored God. Number two, he honored his father. The Bible doesn't say Isaac started digging his own wells. The word says he started digging his father's wells. You are not yet ready for your own wells. 
until you learn to honor the wells of those who have gone ahead of you. One of the challenges we have in our generation is that everybody wants to do their own stuff. Everybody wants to write their own book. Everybody wants to start their own vlog. Everybody wants to start their own business. Everybody wants to do this, do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But I'm saying that if you don't honor the sacrifices, investments, the products, resources, tutelage, mentorship, prayers of those who have gone ahead of you, there is a gap in that process. In that line you're towing and you might run into certain difficulties or not maximize the value of what God has placed on the inside of you. God is a God of the continuum. is a God of generations. is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God to place people before you, it means that there was something that they had, something they were given, a role they were called to play that you need to honor, learn from, grow by, to maximize what it is that God has called you to do. Are you hearing this now? Abraham does not start by digging, sorry, Isaac does not start by digging his own well, Isaac starts by unearthing the wells of his father. Verse 14, the Philistines have stopped up the wells. When was the last time you helped your boss continue a project he abandoned because some people in the business space clogged it up? When was the last time you stopped, you helped your dad or your mom fulfill a dream they had in their heart? Maybe a project they're working on, property or something, or some resource or product or book or shop or business. When was the last time you helped your mentor, your disciple maker in Kings, your team lead in Kings, your pastor in Kings? When was the last time? Because Isaac here does not start by digging his own wells. He starts by digging his father's wells. And do you know something about digging other people's wells, particularly your father's wells? The work is less. Do you know why the work is less? They already dug it to a level before. <laughs> so the earth, the sand that the enemies put in their own wells is easier to till. That's one level. The other level is by digging other people's wells, your muscles become strong enough to dig your own. This week I wanted to look out for father's wells to dig. Whoever represents leader, mentor, predecessor, father, Biologically or spiritually or career-wise in your occupation, find a well in their lives and say, how can I help with digging this? And as they began to dig there, the word says that Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. Why? Because you are mightier than we. Isn't this interesting? Isaac didn't even have, feel mighty because he didn't really have all the things he was hoping to have. Let me tell you, you are mightier than you think you are. But verse 18 when he got to the valley of Gerar, he dug again the wells of water which, had, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And all of that. And Isaac's servants also dug wells in the valley and they found a well of running water. Verse 21, then the dog another well. Verse 22, they moved from there and the dog another well. So think about all this. Three different encounters. Digging the father's well, digging his own well, digging his own well again and digging another well. The third thing you need to dig is persistence. So number one is 
the place. Number two is the posture. Number three is the persistence. The fact that God has called you to a place does not mean there are no enemies there. The fact that God has called you to a place does not mean there are no problems there. The fact that God has called you to a place does not mean there is no opposition there. When Isaac began to dig, the enemy began to get agitated. Can I just announce to somebody right now, oh, the expression of hell against you is not really about you being here. It's about the wells of God on the inside of you. Because once those wells are unlocked by revelation knowledge like the instruction to Isaac and you begin to engage those wells by tapping into your generational blessing and you begin to dig the wells around you in your field, in your sector. Cooper, can I have you on the keyboard? When you begin to dig those wells, I tell you what, hell is going to rise against you. But in the name of Jesus, I pray for somebody who is currently tired. I pray for somebody who is feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. I pray for somebody who is feeling less than, who feels like giving up, who feels like throwing in the towel, who feels like hanging in the boots, that in the name of Jesus you receive a fresh wind of encouragement, a fresh wind of hope, a fresh wind of empowerment, a fresh wind of strength, a fresh wind of life, a new lease of life. Somebody shout, dig it. I'm going to dig it. Horror, dig it. I'm going to dig it. Whatever you have been through, no matter the earth, no matter the dirt, no matter the schemes, no matter the schemes of hell, no matter the plots of darkness, I pray in the name of Jesus, you begin to dig, you begin to dig, somebody holler, I dig it, the Bible says that Isaac dug in the same land, he sowed in the same land and reaped a hundredfold, not only did he sow, he dug as well, don't forget when you sow, you get a harvest but when you dig you don't just get a harvest you get a treasure harvest is for the sowers but the treasure is for the diggers somebody shout I will dig somebody holler dig 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 yes when you sow all you have is the supply from the field but when you dig you have more than the supply you have a whole system you have a whole system God wants to give you more when you dig somebody holler Danny dig call your name and say dig wherever you've been trapped you can dig your way out of it do you know all those prisons movies all those movies in the are prisoners in the movies where they've been locked up with a concrete wall to the right and the concrete wall to the left and steel bars in front of them but there is this desperate prisoner who takes a some spoon or some fork that was dropped or left behind by the prison warden he hides the spoon and at some point 
mind, it begins to dig a secret hole. Some of you are in debt right now, but you will dig your way out of it by the prophetic power of the Almighty God. Some of you are in isolation and almost desolation emotionally, but you will dig yourself out of loneliness. Somebody shout dig. I said somebody holler dig. I proclaim by the power of God, by the mercies of Jehovah, by the oil of heaven, by the spirit of the most high, anybody who has been bowed down, held down, locked in, shut down, you are dug out in the name of Jesus. I dig you out of that hell hole. I dig you out of that sickness. I take the divine digger of the prophetic word and I break in pieces every kind of obstacle and barrier in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. We overturn the works of darkness where your gifts have been hiding. Your spiritual gifts have been buried. Your supernatural abilities have gone on holiday. They've gone on sabbatical leave. I proclaim by the Spirit of God, come out. Come out of the hellhole of darkness. Come out of the caverns of despair. Come out of the hiding place of hell in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout dig. Somebody holler dig. Holler dig. Dig your way out of fear. Dig your way out of shame. Dig your way out of poverty. Dig your way out of begging. Dig your way out. Don't forget the first dimension is your digging spiritual wells. Spiritual wells have water. Something new is coming out of your spirit. The rivers of your spirit are opening up for the Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers. Rivers are flowing right now. Rivers of healing are flowing right now. Rivers of wisdom are flowing right now. Rivers of revelation are flowing right now. Rivers of joy are flowing right now. Rivers of joy are flowing right now. Rivers of grace are flowing right now. Rivers of power. Somebody holler dig. Somebody shout dig. Until your flatmate can hear you. Until your housemate can hear you. Until your daddy can hear you. Until your mommy can hear you. Somebody ought to dig, 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 dig. Hey! Somebody shout dig. Somebody shout dig. Somebody shout dig. Yes, don't forget to dig the gifts that are waiting. For the Bible says the earnest expectation of the creatures are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The Bible says the earnest expectations of the creatures are waiting. For the manifestation of the sons of God. Gifts are coming out of you. 
books are coming out of you. Songs are coming out of you. Apps are coming out of you. Many of us use the U version app. The U version was started by a group of programmers and coders in a church in America. And now about 400 million downloads have registered off of the U version app. I wonder what app is coming out of somebody. Jobba, I wonder what technology is coming out of you. Somebody holla dig. Somebody holla dig. Dig. Take the digger in the spirit and pluck it out. Dig. It could be an invention. It could be an idea. It could be innovation. It could be a prophetic word. Dig it out. Pull it out. Mine it out. Excavate it out. Break it out of jail. You will no longer be dependent. You will now become dependable. You will no longer be in the general word. You are now a general in the field. You will no longer be a beggar because you are now bigger. Somebody I wonder what is coming out of LT. I wonder what is coming out of LT. Somebody shout LTD. Somebody holla D. I wonder what's coming out of the leaders. Call the name of your leader in your department and your team and shout D. I wonder what's coming in the life of your master life class. Tag your master life members, your master life classmates. I hope they've submitted their manuals, their field manuals. Tell them dig out the manual. Dig out the returns. Dig, dig out. I wonder what's coming next out of your pastor. Put your pastor's name. Say P-Dams. Dig me out. Dig. I know there is more in you. Dig it out, pastor. Dig it out. Dig, 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 dig. I call the families in the house. Dig. Dig it out. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Dig it out. The Adeo Jews dig it out. The Oyeyikbos dig it out. The Oluwatoyimbos dig it out. The Oshideleis, can you dig it out? Yes, dig it out. The Obadeis, you are in Canada, but dig it out. Dig it out. The Ogukoyers, you are here, but dig it out. Dig it out. Dig it out. Dig it, dig it, dig it out. And the final thing, you've got to dig out your environment. Dig out the sector. What's in oil and gas? There is something new. What's in media and entertainment? There is something new. What's in politics? There is something new. What's in education? There is something new. Dig it out, dig it out, dig it out. My Bible says, the Bible still says, in the book of Genesis, chapter 7, from verse 9 the Bible says 2 by 2 they went into the ark of Noah male and female as God had commanded Noah and it came to pass somebody shout it's coming to pass somebody holla it's coming to pass after 7 days that the waters of the flood were on the earth in the 600 year of Noah's life in the second on the 17th day of the month on that day all the fountains 
of the deep were broken up. God broke up the fountains of the deep and enough water came that lasted for 40 days rain but 150 days of flood. Something came out of the earth. Watch this. That changed the look of the earth. I prophesy to you Cougar something is coming out from within you that will change everything around you. Kings get ready. Something is coming out from within us that will change everything. Somebody shall dig. Holla dig. Holla dig. Dig out. Dig out. Bring out the treasures. Bring out the increase. Bring out the oil. Bring out the power. Bring out. Bring it out. I feel prophecy. Place your hand on your head. Place your hand on your womb. And say, I birth it. I bring it forth. I birth it. I bring it forth. Dig it out. Dig it out. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Roskila tobia tobida gata, juperia tabaso lo boya, irataka, rataka topa, lo protocola fruzepeliere, dig it out, dig it out, dig it out. Oh, don't stop the keyboard, dig it out, dig it out, dig it out. It's a birthing service. It's a digging service. You thought you lost it, but God said you didn't. Dig out the documents. Dig out the prophecies. Dig out the promises. Dig out the promises. The other day my wife stumbled on a prophecy, a promise that God had given her earlier this year. What is the promise that God gave us early this year? Leaping and soaring. So why are you crouching? Why? Even if you're related to Andrew Crouch, even Andrew Crouch didn't crouch himself. He dug out the gift of music, dug out the gift of singing. What are you going to dig out? Gently, just gently. What are you going to dig out? Kings, we're going to be three years in a few months. Three years. And I can assure you that God is not through with us. That in the middle of what you might call the worst year, this year, something is still coming out of Kings. Something massive, something explosive. And don't forget, Noah's ark was not just to preserve Noah's house. Noah's ark was to preserve a whole generation, a whole race, sorry. You know, because we're called to different groups of people. Some of us are called to individuals, watch that. Some people are called to individuals, some people are called to families. And there's no calling that is greater. There might be callings that are greater in implication on earth. But no calling is superior in essence because God calls, same God calling. It is the caller that ensures the quality of the call. But some people are called to individuals, some people are called to families, some people are called to communities, some people are called to nations, some people are called to generations, some people are called to races. There are not many people that are called to races. Jesus was called to the whole of the human race. Abraham, generations and races. Noah, preserve the race. But don't act as if you're called to an individual when you've been called to a community or to a nation or even a generation. 
and life will try to close you up. Don't forget the Philistines, they covered up the wells that Abraham had dug. The enemy always wants to cover your wells, but God wants to uncover them. So even though God had given Isaac the land, it was Isaac's responsibility to dig to see how far. Next week, I'm going to still stay along those lines of digging. That there is more to you than you think there is. And God is calling you to a greater height today. Will you dig? Can you type on the comment box and say, I will dig. I will dig in the word. I will dig in worship. I will dig in giving. I will dig in evangelism. I will dig in discipleship. I will take the next step in August this month. We're starting the new streams of classes, missionary map, uh, uh, master life. Take the next step and dig. If people are still getting married in the lockdown, people can get discipled in the lockdown. Dig. God, what else? You know, and this is the thing about digging. Digging does not mean you are doing many things. Digging could mean you are doing a different dimension of the same thing. In fact, the power of digging is that everybody is doing that same thing on one level, but you're doing it on a different level. You're going deeper and deeper and deeper. And don't forget, you've got to be comfortable with digging your father's wells before digging yours. Isaac didn't start with digging his own well. He started with digging his father's well. And then a dog is. Because... Do you know services, mentorship, and internship? So that when you're digging yours, it's going to be easier. And then you have more resources. Maybe not easier, but it's going to be easier than it would have been if you had never dug anything before. Can we glorify God as we commit to digging? Just glorify God. Say, God, I thank you for placing so much on the inside of me. Paul says, for we have the treasures and earthen vessels of the excellency of the power. Might be of God and not of us. Don't forget your natural gifts should never go into dormancy just because you're desiring spiritual gifts. Your natural gifts are conduits into the earth that when aligned with spiritual gifts, the anointings and graces of the supernatural world can find swift expression through the conduits of your natural gifts. Paul had the gift of communication. So spiritual wisdom could be distilled in an articulate way. The articulation of his mind was not a spiritual gift, it was a natural gift. That's why even without Jesus, he was articulate in convincing people to persecute the church. So you see, see what happens is many believers think, but I have natural gifts, so when I get saved, let me rely on my spiritual gifts. God wants to bring those gifts, align them with spiritual gifts, so that you can do much more now. So when people who have the same natural gifts as you do, see the results, they see that now nah, I can talk like this person now, I can speak, I can write, I can sing like this person, I can design, but there is something extra. Why? The extra is the spiritual gift empowering that. Father, we dig as a house. We dig as a people. We dig in worship. We dig in discipleship. Yes, Lord. For everyone who got tired of digging, for everyone who lost out because they couldn't find the place, Father, locate them in the right place. For everyone who's been in the right place but their posture is wrong, Father, reposition us, give us the right posture. Some of us are worrying over our progress, not realizing that the worry is robbing us of the energy to make further progress. Some of us are worried about timelines, not realizing that sometimes you do the same thing for three years and it looks like nothing has happened. The fourth year, everything changes. Some of us are worried, oh, I'm going to be 30 this year. I'm going to be 35. I'm going to be 40, 50 this year. But don't forget, 
the Moses did not even begin to dig the real treasures till it was 80. And of course, you don't have to wait till then. But the point I'm trying to make is, don't consume the time you ought to devote to digging, to admiring the wells of other people and crying that you haven't discovered your own water or struck gold or found your own treasure. Thank you, Father. And for those who have found the right posture in the right place, Lord, help us to persist and to prevail. We persist and we prevail. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Come on, somebody, can you glorify God wherever you are right now? Can you put your hands together and celebrate God? Worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Magnify Him as awesome and worthy. Blessed be your name. Glory. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.